Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Welcome, Marvel fans, to episode one of Marvel Cast, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast by fans and for fans. Each week, we will discuss the latest news regarding the MCU, followed by a review and discussion of the latest released content in this ever expanding multiverse. Our audience is a key component to our show, and we will wrap up each week by answering your Marvel related questions. Welcome to the very first episode. My name is Stephen Hall, and with me is my co-host, J.G. Kars. I'm going to let a, J.G. introduce himself first, then I'll share a little bit about myself. We're going to dive into the news today, a review of three What If episodes, and then how you can reach out to us. J.G., how excited are you to join our very first episode of MarvelCast? I, well, hi, Steven. I'm so excited for this. It's, uh, we've been talking about this for months, actually, about doing something like this and the fact that we're here uh, finally uh, branching out and doing it. I'm beyond excited. Marvel is, is very interesting to me. It's not my favorite franchise, but as time has gone on, I've been enjoying it a lot more because of how they structured and how the quality is just consistently just so so good and just they are nailing it right now uh and so star wars will always have a heart in my place especially if you've listened to the star wars canon podcast you know that but marvel marvel is just too fun not to talk about right now absolutely and as jg mentioned he and i met um about a year ago a little over a year ago i'm working on the star wars canon podcast which is now a part just like we are of 1138 productions and we'll talk more about that at the end of the show we're kind of revamping along with some of our other Star Wars canon podcast hosts for a few different shows on the network now. And like JG said, you know, Marvel is at a high point. We have weekly content coming out. It's not stopping. It's only getting bigger and better, you know, and I think this is the perfect time to jump on. JG and I are both from Pittsburgh, so we're excited to have that connection. Oh, yes. Hopefully we'll get a chance to do a live episode in person at some point, but we are very excited here. Um we're going to jump right in. We've got a few news stories for you. We're going to try to keep this show coming out on a weekly basis. Um, we basically realize with Disney Plus having weekly content on Wednesdays, our hope is that we are going to record on Wednesday evenings with the hope of getting it up and published for you by Thursday or Friday each week. And JG and I are going to bounce off. So today I kind of took the lead. Next week, you're going to hear JG kind of taking the lead as our host because we're excited to be able to share this opportunity together. And we might bring in a few friends from time to time to let their opinions and voices be heard as well. Are you ready to jump into the news, JG? Oh, I'm excited. We have so much to talk about. We do. And I kind of backtracked us about a week. So that way we can kind of keep the news week to week here. Our first story came out a few days ago about Anthony Mackie signing on for Captain America 4. After the conclusion and the setup of Falcon and Winter Soldier earlier in 2021, this news is coming out at a perfect time. And I can't wait to see not only the legacy of Captain America continue, but also to see Sam Wilson's journey now that he's picked up the shield officially. Um, JG, what are you most excited about this story following how great Falcon Winter Soldier was? I'm just excited to get more of that story because uh, I really do want to see more of how that progresses. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I thought, was a good show. It was, you know, what you would expect from a Marvel show. Uh, it didn't wow me, though. So it's, it is definitely near the bottom of my, the other shows for me personally. That's not to say that I didn't enjoy it. There was 
a lot to enjoy from that. And as a result, I'm excited to see where that character goes now more than how I felt about the actual show. Absolutely. I think by seeing how they spread it out over six episodes, and I really view the Disney Plus shows, I know you and I have said this off camera before, how I kind of view those as um, longer versions of movies. I hold them to the same level as I would with the Marvel films that are coming out. And so just the fact that instead of, you know, rushing the plot of Falcon and Winter Soldier into like the first act of the next movie, that it gave it time to breathe, it gave these characters a chance to breathe. We really saw Sam struggle with the responsibility that Steve Rogers left him at the end of Avengers Endgame. And he finally felt like he was the one to take up the mantle. For some reason, I thought this new story had already dropped a few weeks or months ago when after Falcon Winter Soldier, but I think that was almost a rumor. And now that he officially signed on, they were probably just getting their ducks in a row. Um, any idea, looking at our schedule coming up, when do you think, JG, that we could see this movie come into production or out for release? I don't think this is going to come anytime soon. Like, I think this is honestly looking around maybe 2023 at the earliest. I think realistically, maybe early 2024. I think. Uh, they have a plan that's been set into motion. Um, there's a lot of things that we don't even know yet, even though there's so much on the schedule that is known to us. They're already working on stuff that hasn't been announced. And so uh, I do think that they're going to want to capitalize on the success of the show. Uh, and they're going to want to make sure that that isn't not too far away. Uh, but if you really do think about it, like 2024, it, like, it feels far away, but it's really not. Uh, there's a lot of things that I think that needs to happen first before we see that story, but I think it sh it could be soon. I'm hoping, I, I think 2024 is a good estimate too. I'm not sure if this would fall into phase four or if we're going to get to phase five by then, I'm not sure the frame, but what characters would you expect to see back? Because, you know, after where Falcon and Winter Soldier leaves it, do we see Bucky again? Do we see Sharon Carter? Does it pick up on the threads of that story or is it going to be more standalone? What are your thoughts? Uh, I think, see, that's that's going to get into some interesting things now because uh, there are some projects coming up here that could fill some of those gaps there. Like we have that uh, Armor Wars that are coming out. That could be part of Sharon's story. Uh, there's uh, Bucky could fill in a couple of different places as well. Uh, so I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it's really hard to tell what that story could be uh, because Marvel is so good at putting characters into stories that you would not expect and really just setting them up. So like, yeah, we would expect that uh, Captain America, this Captain America movie would continue that story of Sharon, but she could also be in Armor Wars. She could be maybe part of Secret Invasion. Like there's just so many different places that these stories can be told that you wouldn't expect. So I think it's it's really hard to tell. Uh, I, I think it'd be cool to see, uh, I don't know, like just, it, it's hard because <laughs> there's so many stories that, that could really fill in these gaps before we get to that story. Absolutely. hundred percent. And I really think that, you know, this is just another piece of evidence that the content coming out, whether it's in the movie theaters, whether it's on Disney plus is can't miss um, Marvel, because if you miss one chapter, you might be confused the next time you see Captain America four and not sure why some of the characters motivations are the way that they are. One more thing about this story before we move on is, you know, this is going to be, the first number four where we're going to see in a storyline where we're going to see a different character take on that mantle. Um, Iron Man had his trilogy, Captain America, Steve Rogers had his trilogy, and Thor is, of course, going to continue, but also have, um, as far as we know, Jane Foster and Thor taking on the Thor uh, mantle there. So this one kind of is going to set the stage where it's a way to continue 
the story, the legacy of Captain America with these supporting characters that are now taking the lead. I think personally, I'm really excited to see kind of a new era. For all we know, Steve Rogers might still be out there. It could be a cameo, could be a mentor role. Um, but I think there's still so much story that this really expands. And I think, you know, if you would have asked me after Endgame, I thought, how can you top that? Where do you go from here with the story? Well, so far in 2021, we've seen so many different paths that are opening so many doors for storylines and characters that, you know, if we would have looked back at 2008 when this started, I don't think we would have ever thought we'd be seeing some of the storylines we are seeing now. Anything else with this story before we move on to our next one? Nope, I'm very excited to see. Uh, I think it's fitting that, that that this happened, and I think it's going to do very well like most Marvel movies do. Absolutely. So hopefully we'll be seeing more and hearing more about the supporting cast soon. Um, our next story, we actually had two trailers drop in the past week as we've been getting ready to kickstart this first episode of our show. The first trailer I want to talk to you about is the Eternals trailer. That'll be coming out this November on November 5th, 2021. So JG, I know you did a reaction on your own personal channel to this trailer. Can you tell me kind of now that you've had some time to sit on it, what your thoughts are now and what you look forward to seeing in this movie? I'm just looking forward to see it. I think this is probably one of the most beautiful uh, Marvel movies that it's shaping out to be. It is so cinematic. And uh, oh my gosh, like I saw when I was reacting to this, I was like, this is Oscar nomination worthy. Like we haven't even seen the film, but like I just look at that movie trailer and I'm like, this is gonna be nominated for an Oscar, like best picture. Like I, it, with everything that's been happening this year with the movies and all the shifting with everything going on with the pandemic, I really do think that this has the potential to really drive home a story that is really emotional, heartfelt, felt, and also just stunning with the visuals and graphics that it will be a contender. Uh, the acting looked really good and it just, it, it looked really different from what we've seen. It's another piece of evidence that Kevin Feige can pick really strong directors that then can pick the strong cast members. Um, Chloe Zhao, who won the best director last year at the Academy Awards, is the director of this. So you know, that's another piece of evidence that he's been able to pick these people even before they've received their claim. And I really think it's it's great how I think the reason that Marvel is able to stay kind of in the limelight, stay so popular with people is because, yes, you're going to see a Marvel film. So there are certain expectations, but every Marvel film has its own taste, has its own feel to it, has its own almost mini universe right there. And so this is no ex exception here. We're seeing this vast, we're going to be introduced to almost a dozen new characters. It doesn't look like we're going to see a whole lot of returning characters, and I'm okay with that. I'd rather explore this other part. These characters have been in the background since the beginning of time almost. So it would be great to see maybe some flashbacks to other events in time of the Marvel Universe. But if it wants to stand alone, you know, they made references to the snap. They made references to the blip and to Thanos. So I'm really excited to see kind of where this goes. I'm excited to kind of go in almost without knowing a lot about the Eternals from the comics. I'm going to go in kind of blank on this one, whereas I feel like with some of the other characters, I've known a little bit just from pop culture zeitgeist. So um, the Eternals looks fantastic. It looks like it's going to be an emotional ride. And I'll be curious to see which of these Eternals characters moves on forward or if this is going to be more of a standalone. Yeah, I agree. It's uh it, it's such a beautiful time because like you said like we get all these different genres of films and yeah marvel you know you're seeing superheroes but now we're starting to see even more so different genres and i think eternals is really shaping up to be one of those really special films for sure and of course we'll get to the more maybe anticipated trailer in a few <laughs> minutes here 
before we do, after the Eternals trailer dropped, we also received word, um, a couple of updates for Black Panther coming out. Black pa Panther, excuse me, Wakanda Forever, which is set to release on July 8th, 2022. We'll continue to expand, of course, on the world of Wakanda, but it looks like it's going to be another jumping off board for other characters that we haven't met yet. And that includes Ironheart. And in the comics, that's going to be played by here, Dominique Thorne, who we're going to see for the first time. Definitely, this looks, I don't know much about Dominique Thorne yet, but I'm excited for the chance to see, you know, how they're using this as a jumping off board for another important character that's going to take on the mantle that started with Tony Stark, that started this entire universe. We're going to start to see how Ironheart is going to play out into this world. I don't know much about the character yet, to be honest, but I'm excited for the chance to see, like, you know, with such a gap in this story without Chadwick Boseman, they have to kind of continue on with all the supporting characters and kind of elevate them at the same time. So I, I don't know how much of a role she's going to have. Do you think it'll be more of a cameo? Do you think it'll be, and then maybe we'll see Ironheart maybe next fall? What, what are your thoughts on this character and where we're going to see her next? Yeah, it's exciting because I think what's really exciting about Ironheart is that it's a character that most people aren't familiar with. Um, and with it, a character being of color, I think it's so important and that we're getting really more of these characters that people can, um, you know, look up with and, ident and identify with. And so I'm really excited to see what they do, especially in Wakanda forever. Uh, how, how big of a role is she going to have? It really, it, it, I think Black Panther Wakanda forever is such an interesting film because it has to carry the leg legacy of Chadwick Boseman but also stand on its own and also move the story forward like that. I can't even imagine being responsible uh, for behind the scenes of that film. Like that is going to be emotional as heck. It's, uh, it's going to be really hard. Uh, Dominic Thorne looking up real quick here. She uh, uh, had only two credits before this uh, Judas and the black Messiah. And if Beale street could talk. So two very prolific films. Uh, so she definitely has a good history. Uh, I think, that there is potential for her to have a significant role if it is it would be towards like the third act you know you're not going to really see her for most of it um or it could be just setting up what's up in Ironheart. and even with uh we were talking about bucky earlier like bucky has his connections to wakanda like bucky could even show up for all we know so i think it's really it's hard to say but i think it'd be more if if she has a prominent role it's not gonna be for the till the final act yeah i agree with you i think that this will be a good place to introduce her and how you mentioned for this is giving chances for especially young viewers to look up to these, you know, vast variety of individuals that are coming into the Marvel Cinematic Universe every single year. And especially in the past year between WandaVision, between Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh, even Loki, we're starting to see some of these younger characters. And I think Marvel is very smart in how they're casting at a young age in these teenage roles that we know are going to keep growing up and we're going to get to follow for years to come. So I think this is another great casting based on what you said about her two casting roles so far. And I can't wait to see how they introduce her and then how we get to really follow her throughout her journey as growing into Ironheart. Our next story we have here is the one that I think we've been waiting for week after week, waiting and waiting. And finally, this past week, we had their trailer release for Spider-Man No Way Home. And within 24 hours, it actually um, smashed the trailer record for Avengers Endgame, which previously held that title for most views in a 24-hour period. JG, were you excited? What, what? Let's talk about what stood out to you the most. It did. A, what did you think of it as a teaser, and what else do you want to see before December? I overall was surprised with how much they showed us. 
uh like for a teaser trailer that was three minutes that was long uh there was even a whole scene in the middle there uh i was thoroughly uh enjoy i just felt like a kid watching that again uh, i had never seen the amazing spider-man movies but i was very familiar with uh the toby mcguire trilogy and so seeing uh the teases and the care uh, doc ock at the end like uh, it was so so incredible so rich and uh just enough to tease us until the final trailer and then until we get to see this movie i'd personally be fine if we did not receive a final trailer i think you know, it's almost in the way that Endgame showed in their trailers, pretty much all of the footage was from the first half of the film before the time travel element. If they could just kind of keep, you know, limiting what they show, um, I think that'd be the best opportunity so we can go into this film pretty blind almost. Um, I agree with you, just the fact that I really wish the casting for Alfred Molina and um, Jamie Foxx would have been not as publicly known because if he would have shown up as Doc Ock at the end of that trailer, and we had no idea that would have been incredible. I mean, the way that they teased a couple members of the Sinister Six, this movie just seems like it's going to have to be close to a two and a half, three hour film because of the content. And if it's true, like the rumors say that we might see more than one Spider-Man, I cannot wait. I think, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, things continue to move back to a some sense of normalcy in the next couple of months. I This could easily be, you know, right up there as another billion, $2 billion film if it plays its cards right and get people out to the theaters because I think there's going to be so many people excited to see this reunion film, see some of these characters that they haven't seen in years. Um, I do have a question for you because, you know, speaking of Doc Ock yes. and what we've seen with Loki, we know that at the end of Spider-Man 2, that Doc Ock does die and he almost kind of redeems himself a little bit and changes. And at some point we might have to go back and revisit those films before December. Um, is this going to be, do you think, a Doc Ock that is saved right before that or at some point pulled out of his own timeline? Or could this be a variant? Because we saw Tom Hiddleston played different Loki variants. Do you think this is a variant or are you hoping that this is going to be the same Doc Ock we got to spend in, together with in Spider-Man 2? What are your thoughts with that? I feel like this has to be the same because if you were to do a variant, like which a variant makes a lot of sense. However, I feel that if you're casting the exact same actor and there's you're teasing all these other villains and all these other heroes and you, and you to make some of them variants that are not actually from these movie other movies i think it kind of cheapens it a little bit and i think it could actually cause to fan backlash um whether that is warranted or not uh, i just think that that would upset a lot of people because it's like well why couldn't you just make it the same person like why does it have to be a variant uh, and I think that's a valid question. And I just, I, if you're going to do all of this, he better be the gosh darn same uh, Doc Ock from those movies. Like there, there's, there's literally no point. I mean, other than I guess to continue the variant storyline, but I mean, technically he could be a variant of another Doc Ock from somewhere else. Like, so I, I do think that these are the villains and the heroes that we know from those original films and they are picking up their story uh i don't know where or when i mean i guess it would make sense right before he would die i guess like seconds before or something weird like that but it's hard to say it definitely is and i think we'll kind of hopefully get some answers to that in the film i hope it's not left up to you know being a vague answer and knowing sony and marvel i think they'll make sure they touch upon that um do you think when Doc Ock says, hey, Peter, is that to our MCU Peter? Or could they be editing that trailer that it could be a different Peter that maybe Doc Ock knows? 
Oh, that's 100 percent edited. Like I actually had that thought. It's super funny because everyone obviously is analyzing this trailer and going through every single millisecond of it, freeze frame. And uh, I had actually after I watched it for the first time, I had that thought. I was like, that is definitely cut. Like that is either they're either uh, changing the face on that Spider-Man or it's just two different scenes. Uh, because if we really just think about it logically, like Doc Ock's not going to know because he's looking at Tom Holland without the suit. He's not going to know that Spider-Man. He's just going to think that's like some teenager. Like he's obviously when he's talking and he does like that, like grin or whatever he does. Like he's obviously talking to Toby. Like he has to be talking to Toby. Um, Marvel is very interesting in how they do their trailers where they will purposely uh, put fake stuff in there. They will alter the video. They will go crazy. Like Star Wars will cut theirs weird and cut the frames into interesting places. Marvel goes a step forward and will go like, put fake stuff in it like you would not even believe it like I remember whenever even Endgame uh they, or it was a uh, not Endgame but Infinity War they had Hulk running and he wasn't even part of that scene so it would not surprise me if MCU is playing uh Marvel is playing games with us absolutely and I think you know when Sp um Spider-Man came into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and we saw different villains being used like Vulture like Mysterio I love that that we saw different ones that had not been seen in the first five Spider-Man films but I always hoped, you know, I love Doc Ock and Spider-Man 2 is one of my favorites of any Marvel film. And so the chance that now some of these famous villains that we saw years ago are coming into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because if you remember after Far, um, yeah, Far From Home came out, that was supposed to at that time be the end of Tom Holland's contract. And, you know, Tom Holland worked with Sony, worked with Bob Iger at Disney to try to get this to come together. And I'm hoping that this story can continue. And I, as someone who loves these interconnected universes, would love if we could see Tom Holland be able to literally swing back and forth between his Marvel Cinematic Universe and then the Sony films and see him pop up in Venom. And we could see these characters that are, I think, you know, besides, I hate to say it, besides Batman, I think Spider-Man, in my opinion, has one of the best rogue galleries. And so to see these villains pop up again, I'm very excited for it. Um, do you think that the fact that it was able to smash Endgame's trailer record does that either tell you that people were just so excited because they've been waiting and waiting for this? Or does that indicate that it could have the potential to be on the same level as an endgame box office? What do you think about that? In a world without a pandemic, this would be the number one film. With everything that's going on right now, it's going to take a lot for this film, I think, to even get close, unfortunately. I think it's gonna it's gonna break current record. Like pandemic records it's gonna like be crazy uh pending you know you know hopefully uh things get better and improve everywhere uh but yeah i do think i i was i was saying this uh i think it was last year to a friend uh this movie has the potential to really because i think that's whenever we were starting to get some of the teases uh that some other spiders uh spider-man might be showing up and i was like if that's happening then this has potential to like bring in the fan bases of like three separate fan bases if you really look at it because like you know you have everyone who enjoys spider-man so they're gonna enjoy all of them but if you really think about it like there are people who exclusively enjoy the toby mcguire spider-man there's people who exclusively enjoy the andrew garfield and those who who exclusively enjoy tom holland you bring all those fans together bring in all the comic book fans then add their friends and family and the word of mouth and you add in like the scope of having like six plus villains add in the rumor you know having dr strange the rumor of wanda like 
like this this insane this is almost end game quality of the amount of heroes and villains we're getting like it's insane i i i have a hard time though with the circumstances that we're in though i, I have a hard time seeing it get to that point because that's end game broke like two billion am i correct like it's up yep, there absolutely yeah because yeah. it was the number one film for a long time until avatar got re-released at one point in china to get the theater yeah. back open so avatar retook that spot for now i I, I think I, I think it could do really well in the circumstances. Like I think like we'll look back and be like, oh dang, like that made a crap ton of money uh, for being in a pandemic. I don't see it getting close to that though, unfortunately. I agree with you because even across the world, we're seeing there's many places where theaters are not opened up again. So even if in an international market, if it's not going to get what it usually would, um, I still you know, at the end of the day, as long as we get a great film, that's what matters. You know, we're in a pandemic. Let's move past it. Hopefully in the future, um, we'll see where this goes. Do you think, um, before we move on, if if it's true that we're going to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, which again, at this point, with all the teases we've had, I think that's pretty evident that that's what they're building to. Is that something where they show up in the third act? Do they come into the film earlier? I mean, I loved when we saw, you know, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That was a great film as an animated film. And I hope that this now with characters and versions of the character that we've loved since we were kids, you and I, that we get to see more than just five minutes of them, 10 minutes of them in the film in a big action sequence. Or do you think that they introduce him in the third act and maybe we see this again in a future Spider-Verse film? What are your thoughts? How much screen time would other Spider-Man besides Tom Holland receive? I think uh, it's so hard because like, obviously you have to find that balance because at the end of the day, this is a Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. This is an MCU, you know, in collaboration with Sony. And so you really want to find that balance where you're not taken away from Tom Holland. However, you're also uh, bringing in that energy and that excitement of those past Spider-Man. Realistically, I think you kind of tease it throughout the movie. You kind of like leave that little hint. You see like that shadowy figure maybe towards the middle act and it leads up to that grand reveal. Uh, and I think that it'd be, they'll be predominantly in the final act. I don't think you're going to see them. I don't think, I think it's gonna be longer than like five minutes. I don't think anything longer than like a half hour, 40 minutes though. Like it's going to be towards that final ending climatic bit and leading up into other projects i i think that you're gonna see more of them but less associated with the mcu now it granted with the multiverse like it's part of it i guess uh but i think they're gonna be focusing more with like the what they're calling like the sony spider-verse or whatever they're calling it now uh, and you're gonna see them interacting more with like maybe venom and carnage and all that stuff going on over there and morbius i guess absolutely and i think if this is successful you know what would stop them from making a fourth Tobey Maguire Spider-Man film or a third Andrew Garfield? I think this would open up so many opportunities and hopefully those actors are excited to return and continue building out this. And, you know, maybe if we have an off week, we'll, we've talked off camera, maybe we could do a review of some of the different non-canon MCU films. And we'll talk about that more at the end. Um, that's going to wrap up our news for this week. Um, we'll hopefully have some other great, exciting news. I know when you and I were talking off camera, we said, you know, some weeks with when we were on the Star Wars Canon podcast, we'd go a week or two without having big major news. But with the amount of content Marvel's putting out, we will always have three or four news stories to cover for you. So hopefully you enjoyed hearing our analysis of some of these stories. And now we're going to segue into our review section, where each week we are going to review 
a piece of content, whether it is a new episode of Marvel that's on Disney Plus, an upcoming film, or perhaps if we don't have an upcoming film or an episode, we will then, like I said, bounce around and look at other films, either in the MCU or Marvel um, non-MCU films. This week we have, since we're kind of just starting this in the middle of the season, we have three episodes of Marvel's What If that we would like to address. Um, we have episodes one, which was about Captain Carter becoming the first Avenger. Number two, T'Challa becoming Star-Lord. And number three, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? So before we jump in, just in general, JG, what are your thoughts about this style of art, this style of storytelling, and this new show that is kind of continuing each week to build up this multiverse? Yeah, the Marvel What If is super fun i'm really enjoying it and the art is also really good too which has also been a huge benefit ultimately at the end of the day i just want a good story so if the animation's a little bit off i can kind of get past it a little bit uh but it does help that it is beautiful like when it is beautiful it is really beautiful there are some moments when some of the uh i would say some of the human faces are a little off but like that's just nitpicking overall it's it's fun it's really interesting i think we always especially like as kids or just in general like we like to ask that question what if and especially with stories that we love and we really do enjoy and so the fact that we're actually getting to see this in a visual format is so fascinating and so interesting when it was first announced i didn't know like i i'm excited i love you know we talk on star wars canon podcast about clone wars rebels um, bad batch i love animation i think it's a great way to tell storytelling and but at the same time when i was first announced i didn't think it would be on the same equal playing field as the live action shows or the films but then when that loki finale happened and it really just burst open the multiverse you know, between, well, like we've already talked about with the Spider-Man multiverse, with Loki, with Doctor Strange next year, you know, I really think that currently with phases four or five, whatever, we're going to be in this like multiverse saga instead of the Infinity Saga. We're going to be seeing all these different versions of these characters that we've loved for the past um, 12 years here. So when we talk about this, you know, with what if, like you said, I like the art style. I like the fact that they got most of the returning actors and actresses from the movies. Um, even with some of the ones that did not return, the the voice actors have been pretty good for the most part. There have been a few where I've struggled a little bit, but overall, I look forward to it each week. I think some of the episodes so far could have um, benefited from maybe being an hour. Some of them might have been a little bit rushed. But um, And before we talk about them, um, what's your ranking? Like personally, I think I've enjoyed all three, but I think I've almost enjoyed each week better than the last. What do you, do you like them in a, any certain order before we talk about the first one? Yeah, so I think my ranking would be episode number two on the top, then three, then one. Okay, great. Why don't we jump into episode one first? So what if Captain Carter became the first Avenger? This aired about three weeks ago, but what are your thoughts about this episode and um, how it ties into the overall multiverse? Yeah, I don't. So whenever I said that I put this at the end, I definitely enjoyed all the episodes. However, it's my least favorite because it felt the least impacted by the change. So it felt like that we got the same plot of the first Avenger, but we just inserted Captain Carter. And while in and itself, Captain Carter is very interesting and I love that character and I want to see more of that character. I it, it felt the same it felt like there was literally no major 
impact by the the change of characters there were interesting things you know of course like uh steve being the first technical iron man uh bucky uh being saved in that circumstance but (laughs) overall it just felt very meh it felt meh it was fun it was good yeah for sure and i think Haley atwell kind of held that episode for sure by playing captain carter i agree with you it was almost like a paint by numbers they didn't change a whole lot it didn't add anything major to think about or, you know, like ripple effects. But I do feel like she would be a character, like the way they left it in that kind of epilogue where she popped up into the 2012, like how Steve did at the end of his film. Um, I do think that she's going to be a character that we could see easily play in live action because we know Haley Atwell, who's going to be big with this Mission Impossible 7 and 8 or whatever. She's going to be an actress that's going to be in high demand. And I think she's someone that would love to come back and where they left her in the main timeline, she's happily with Steve and she's passed away in present day. But if you bring her into a live action version, whether it's Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, whether it's giving her her own film in the future. Um, for, and from what I remember, she does pop up a few other times in the trailer for What If. I know she's with Doctor Strange at one point. So again, I don't know how much these characters are going to keep popping in and out of each other's stories or how connected they are. But Hopefully we'll see more of her and hopefully the next time is a little bit more gives her a chance to run free instead of following Steve Rogers story. Let's talk about the second episode. This was you said was your favorite. It's right up there as one of my favorites as well. What if T'Challa became Star-Lord? Tell me why this one was your favorite. So Guardians of the Galaxy is probably one of my favorite MCU movies. Probably. I know it's hard because like Endgame is so good, but it, it's definitely in my top 10 overall films, though. Uh Guardians of the Galaxy is just so rich and so fun. And so you do a whole episode that's very, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy themed. But in this one, compared to the first episode, you saw the ramifications of T'Challa being picked up instead of, uh, instead of, uh, I just blanked on his name. (laughs) Peter. Peter Quill. Thank you. Yeah, Peter. Um, So you saw the drastic difference um, and what would happen. And I thought that was so int- like when I think of what if the second episode is exactly what I was expecting when we are literally seeing Thanos at the bar with them because he talked him out of it. It was that simple. He just needed a little chat. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just just and even the even the other things as it continued down uh, with the collector and everything. It was just such a fun story. And Howard the Duck, like I will never like pass up on talking about Howard the Duck. Thank you. Yes. Great episode. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, the fact that it was dedicated to Chadwick Boseman, the fact that he was able to record these episodes while he was still sick. And as we're recording this, today's actually the one year anniversary of his passing. And so just to have him and I, I do think I heard that he did film record for four episodes. So I feel like this will probably be the one that he has the biggest role in, but I have a feeling he'll still pop up at least a few more times. It would have been amazing to see you know, Chadwick returned for Black Panther 2 and have more of this lightheartedness. He was very serious and, you know, a little bit more as taking on that leadership role in the first one. And I think they said that they were planning on having a little bit more lightheartedness with T'Challa if we would have seen him again. But the fact that, you know, he used his charisma, his personality, his sense of adventure to be able to change Thanos's mind and something that we never thought would have been possible. I loved seeing um nebula again and just seeing her like what her life would have been if her father wasn't the maniac and the mad titan that we really know him to be in the films 
Um, Howard the Duck was great. I actually just watched that for, film for the first time ever over the summer. So seeing that version of Howard the Duck again was great. And, and the collector as like this, you know, buff villain and taking on people and using all these weapons and Hella's helmets. It just was such a cool, like, full. I love how many Easter eggs there are here. And, you know, I hate to say it, this show is really dedicated and designed for the diehard fans that catch those little moments. And if you don't, you can still enjoy the show, I'm sure. But for those that have watched the films over and over again, you're going to find things in these shows that are really going to make you next time you rewatch Guardians of the Galaxy or Black Panther, you're going to have a different viewpoint because, you know, there are variants of these characters out there that are having a blast. Um, hopefully we'll get to see more of T'Challa in this season. Um, the third episode that just aired this past week was what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? And it focused a lot on Nick Fury. Um, tell me your thoughts on this episode and how it tied in with the first phase of the Marvel films. Yeah, it was so interesting. I really liked the sense of mystery in this episode where while Fury's trying to figure out what the heck is happening, you're also trying to figure out what the heck has happened. And by the time you get to the ending, you're like, oh, wow, this makes so much sense. I can't believe I didn't think of this sooner. And, but yet they do it in such a way where you just question everything and it really makes you think and then until it's finally revealed, you're like, oh, all right. Uh, I, I did like this one a lot more than the first one. Um, I, I, this one's not my favorite just because it's not Guardians, but this one was really fun. Uh, I really enjoyed all the performances. Uh, I was really bummed that um, you know, Scarlet wasn't in it. I'm not sure. I, that's what I'm really curious about is why some were able to do. I'm not sure if it was like scheduling conflicts, uh, but I thought the actress did a pretty well job. Notably also, I just want to talk about how red her hair was. Like the whole time I'm watching this, I just could not stop talking about how red, like, I don't know. It just really stood out and I, yeah, it was good. And speaking of voice actors, did you see the tweet from a couple of weeks ago that Dave Batista mentioned he wasn't even asked? And yeah. so the fact that they get big names like Samuel L. Jackson, they bring in like um, Josh Brolin as Thanos, um, Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, and then they decide who they ask and who they don't. So I don't even know, you know, obviously this happened before the Black Widow controversy, but if Scarlett Johansson was even approached or not, um, maybe she was ready to move on for the time being. But um, with episode three, I have you, JG, ever read um, some of the tie-in comics that they have, like preludes to the movies? I have not, no. There is one that I would recommend to you and to the listening audience. It's called Fury's Big Week, and it came out right before Avengers. And it basically was pretty similar to what we saw in this episode from mm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline. And it basically shows that the events of Finding Steve in the Ice, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, and Thor all take place in the same week. And if you think about it, there is a lot of overlap. And then it takes place a couple of months or a year before Avengers. And so I, that's one of my favorite comics. Cause again, I love when things intertwine like that. And this was just really well done where we saw each event that, from those major movies and how they played out. Um, the whole plot twist at the end, the murder mystery, how everyone was being framed. And then of course, seeing Hank Pym as the big reveal at the end was really great. Um, and how he went mad after hope had been killed in action as part of shield. Again, I just, you never, that's not a hope Hank Pym we've seen. And I know in the comics, he does have a tendency to be a little bit more angry, a little bit more violent. So the fact that we can then pull maybe some of these characteristics that we might not have time to show in the films or in the main timeline, I think it really opens up some different doors there. Um, I'm not even sure. They haven't done a really great job of promoting what's coming next. So they want to leave us kind of 
in the dark until the episode premieres. Have you heard anything about the next couple of episodes? I think I think there's nine this season. Have you heard anything else or seen from the trailer what you want to see next? Yeah, so I'm not sure what's coming up next. Like you said, they're keeping that pretty locked up. Like things pop up online, like on the uh, on YouTube and such, but mostly they're fan made, so it's really hard to say what's actually credible or not. I'm excited. There's that shot. There's a lot of different things to be excited about in this because it shows so many cool things. Uh, the zombies, uh, very interesting. Curious to see how that plays in. Uh, but there's the one. The one thing that stands out to me is there was that shot where we see the the Avengers that we know and it kind of like flickers and it shows like the alternate where it has like uh Gamora and the Thanos armor it has uh Chadwick Boseman and Star-Lord like it has that alternate reality I'm so excited to see that because I think that's a huge clue to show that these episodes whether or not they're in the same universe they're connected in some way through the Watcher and the Watcher's gonna have a play in something because i do i do think that these are connected in some way and they might not necessarily be the same universe but in some way they will connect and be important for some reason i agree 100 percent. i think seeing that jeffrey wright's first of all does a great job as the watcher even though he's narrating the beginning and the middle and the end i think if we give him the chance to interact and bring these characters together and i think you know at some point down the line if we end up seeing like a secret wars event as a film to bring in some of these characters or to bring mm. back you know whether it be Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. to play alternate versions of the characters that we fell in love with. I think that'd be incredible. I've got one more nitpick, nitpick that I forgot to mention was <laughs> I, you know, watching the opening credits, they they put all the names of the actors in there, which is fine. But then I get spoiled when it I saw spoils. Josh Brolin or whoever else. And so I wish some of those surprises could be left till the end, but maybe I'll just have to look away at that point. Um, so that's going to be our wrap up of our review and our news for this week. This is the point in the show where we would typically go to fan questions. And of course, since this is our first episode, we don't have any questions yet. And I hope we do receive some in the coming weeks. We set up a, a, a Gmail, excuse me, called marvelcastpod at gmail.com. Once again, that's marvelcastpod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We would love your feedback, what you want to hear us talk about, whether it be a ranking episode of different characters, different films some of the shows. Um, JG, before we wrap up for today, because we're going to try to keep our episodes as close to 45 minutes to an hour. Um, what are your hopes for this show going forward? It's episode one. Where do you kind of want to expand this going forward? Yeah, I'm just excited to talk about Marvel. Like I've, my whole life has been, you know, pretty much about Star Wars and Walking Dead. Um, and so just diving more into Marvel, uh, it's it's really exciting. I got into it in about like 20, whenever Civil War came out, uh, my friend was like, hey, we're going to go see this movie. And I was like, what what movie? And he's like, oh, Civil War. And I was like, I had no clue anything about it. I think I'd seen Guardians, but besides that, I wasn't into it. And so in those three days before going to see that movie, I binged every single Marvel movie leading up to it. And I got hooked. I've seen every movie since. I'm excited to dive even deeper. Uh, I mean, I've been looking into comics. I've been reading more of the news and just learning more about this. It's such a rich world with great themes, great lessons. You know, it's very similar in Star Wars in that matter. Um, except I think Marvel, Marvel even has a larger scope to a degree because there's so many years of comics and so much that I don't even know. And I think that's what's so exciting is that Star Wars, I feel, is very familiar to me. And I know a lot about Star Wars. Marvel is very unknown. And so getting to learn this with you um, in the audience, I'm just very excited. Yeah, for sure. 
you and I both grew up with Star Wars from the time that we were can have our earliest memories. And so Star Wars is almost this fantasy world that it just transcends everything. I'm kind of like you with Marvel. I didn't really get into it a whole lot until I was older. Of course, I watched the Spider-Man and the X-Men films that aren't part of the MCU. And hopefully now they will tie in um, whenever I was growing up. But it wasn't until actually, I think, 2012 when Avengers came out that I really fell in love. When I started hearing they were going to tie in these multiple different films and they had all these Easter eggs. And that really, like I said, I wanted to learn about that. So I watched it for the first time and I completely got hooked right away. And then going to the midnight premiere of Avengers and seeing that this was not an Iron Man 3 film. It was not a Thor 2, Captain America 2. It was a way for them to move the story forward in such a hilarious and fun adventure film that, again, it just was the moment where I'm like, I cannot wait to see where this goes. And again, I'm so excited that Endgame was not the end. It was only the beginning. It was the end of one book and the beginning of a new book. Um, I really hope that, you know, even next week, we're going to be able to do kind of maybe our predictions and our hopes for Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings, which will be out on September 3rd. So just kind of looking at our schedule, if we record our prediction episode next week, as well as discussing um, what if episode four, then when we return the week of September 6th through 10th, we're going to then be doing a non-spoiler discussion of Shang-Chi. And then by the following week, we want to give you time to make sure you see the film. We don't want to spoil it for you. By the week of 13th through 17th of September, we'll dive in and probably do a full episode discussion on what Shang-Chi, what happened in it, and how it sets up the story going forward. I'm really excited for that one. We'll talk more next week. So, um, JG, anything else you want to say before I wrap us up for today? Nope. I am very excited. What If is an incredible show. We have so many more episodes. Shang-Chi is literally next week. I am very excited and blessed to be able to do this. So am I. And I'm really glad to be doing it with you. I'm glad to have made a new friend in podcasting this past year. And that's going to wrap up our first episode of the Marvel podcast, excuse me, Marvel cast. We hope you enjoyed diving into the world of Marvel with us. And we can't wait for you to interact with us each and every week. So again, please send your questions, your thoughts, your feedback to marvelcastpod at gmail.com. And we'll make sure your voice gets heard next week as well. Before we wrap up, too, we should say that there is going to be a lot of new content coming your way from 1138 Productions Network. This is the overseeing network that we are going to be working with. It's going to see the return of the Star Wars Canon podcast that JG and I might also pop on from time to time, as well as a weekly 1138 talk show that we'll typically record on the weekends. And we'll have more news regarding those shows for you. We're just kind of kind of branching out and setting up some new things in the next couple of days. So we will have more news hopefully next week for you. But with that being said, thank you for joining us this week from JG and from myself. Um, we're very excited to start this you know, weekly journey with you. We hope that you have a marvelous week. And remember, I could do this all day.